0: It's good to have Miss Jordan out of out of college and going to stick around and bring us a special this morning.
1: To the unknown, you know that he will. So yeah. Don't be afraid.
0: This time, Dina's going to bring us a special.
2: Yay for Jesus this week. I'm so excited. I just can't contain it. And I'm not going to apologize for it either. In Psalm 62, it tells us that he he, He only is my rock and my salvation. He's my defense, and I shall not be moved. God is the refuge for us. Trust in Him in all times. You people pour out your heart before Him because He is our refuge. Thank you for the revival, God. Thank you. That's all I can say, because it truly comes from him. Thank you, students, for standing up for Jesus this week. May we follow your example next week. And thank you for those that work with them, that give them the courage and take the time. Thanks to the ones that made breakfast for them and made them feel more wanted and some outsider that came in and heard about Jesus at you at the pole. It has been an awesome week. His mercy, it's unfailing. His arms are a fortress for the weak.
3: is a river that flows from
1: Calvary's tree, a fountain for the thirsty, pure grace that washes over me. So let faith
3: arise.
4: All right, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna do a new song this week, and uh, this is probably my one of my all time favorite songs. Now, me and Dad heard it the other day on TV, and uh, I think it's really powerful. So we're gonna uh, do it this song. Y'all yeah, follow along with the words. Come out of sadness, from wherever you've been. Come broken-hearted, let rescue begin. Come find your mercy, O sinner, come kneel. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burdens, lay down your sins, all who are broken. the grace there's rest for the weary as you are you, God, we know, and if we ever need you, God, we could just lay everything down for in front of you, God, and you just take care and you wipe away all our sins, God. You can, you're such a forgiving God. We thank you so much for that, God. We thank you again for this wonderful day, another day of life, God. Forgive us of all our many sins, in Jesus. Now, pray, Amen.
0: Amen. Only way, truly, that. The Lord can work in any of our lives, as if we lay down your heart, lay down your heart at His feet, at the cross. That's the only way you got saved, is you laid it down. You said, "I'm a sinner, and I'm in need of a Savior," and He'll change your life. And uh, He's in the life-changing business. Second Chronicles seven fourteen, a scripture of revival. Revival—that's the word for today. Revival. Revival is something you don't plan. Now, you can plan a set of services, but you can't plan revival. There must be preparation made. There must be things that happen. In 1903, in the country of Wales, over in, near England, there was a revival that happened. Uh, they had been praying for something like that for a long time, but a young man, and uh, he th- that They had finished church and and he said, "I've got a message that I'd like to share and and uh after church, well, not everybody hung around, and about matter of fact, seventeen of them hung around and he said uh he talked about laying down confessing sin, repenting, giving up bad habits, and laying down our entire life at Jesus' feet. Just a really short message. Those seventeen young people." probably his friends, started sharing the gospel, started getting on fire for the Lord. It turned that whole country around. Culture was changed. Taverns were closed. People stopped drinking. Police ran out of things to do. Uh, There were too many police. They started... uh, No more. The jails were half full. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, it's interesting. It's a neat thing. You can Google this and read all about it. Uh, The um, police ran out of a job to do because everybody was doing such great things that they started going around forming singing quartets. So the police went to work as singing quartets. They had to. There's a lot of uh, uh, underground mines in that area, and they were mining, and they had to retrain all the mules because they couldn't understand the non foul language of all the saved workers. And uh, so they had to retrain all the mules. They couldn't understand them anymore uh, when they cleaned up their language. You see, real revival changes lives. Real revival changes hearts. Real revival changes marriages. Real revivals change homes. Real revival changes churches and public schools. Real revival can change a nation according to the Word of God. It can change an entire nation. And it says like this, this is the, no, no greater verse concerning revival than Second Chronicles 7.14, which says, if my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. Father, thank you for this opportunity this morning to speak on this great subject. And Father, thank you for answered prayer and people who will lay aside... Everything and fall on their knees before you in Jesus name. Amen This uh, revival that took place years ago. We've had it. We've had it before All of us have experienced moments of revival. You can remember services where God has worked And I'm so thankful for the good things that have happened in the recent weeks and even here at promised land uh just uh good uh, we've had people following the lord in baptism we've uh down through the last uh uh, a couple of years even this last year we had almost 40 additions half of those coming by baptism 20 baptisms this last year and just uh and that's not even uh, counting the recent ones we've had and And just, uh, and just so thankful, uh, Trey and the youth remodeled and worked on the building and now they're out of room. And the Iwana, uh, we're right now, we're trying to, we're talking, me and Denise and Trey are talking about where to put the kids during Iwana. We're trying to build some homemade room dividers and chopping the big rooms in half so we can have places where to seat the kids. Uh, Miss Michelle brought up in the business meeting the other day. We need more tables, brother Michael. We need more chairs in the youth department over there. So we voted to buy some more, uh, chairs and some more tables for the kids to sit at. And, uh, and so these are good things. We've, we, we complain about the parking. I'm glad we have a worn out parking lot And uh, it's a worn out parking lot and, and so Trey and I, we come up with ideas And people may not like our ideas And and are uh, just trying to brainstorm ideas And if you have any good ideas, I want to I hear them If you have any bad ideas, I don't want to hear them, okay? And so just uh, moving forward for the Lord Our eyes are on Jesus Our, our eyes are upon the cross And that's where we need to lay our hearts, and that's where revival will happen. Because, folks, it's not about numbers, but it is about souls. And it's about people hearing the gospel, and people hearing about Jesus. And He's in the life-changing business. I'm not here for you to break your bad habit. I'm telling you to give your habit to Him, and He'll give you new ones. Because you can't have a replace an old habit unless you got a new habit. Let your new habit be Jesus. Let it be Him. Let it be be on fire for Him. And so this simple idea, folks, God wants to work in your life. God wants to change your life, and you need to want to be a part of it. You can sit there and say, "I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want." and, And said, "Listen, this is your life you're talking about. Matter of fact." An interesting passage of Scripture in Deuteronomy 32. Everybody in our church should desire this, the seriousness of it. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse verse 46, the Word of God says this He said unto them, Set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day, which you shall command your children. To observe, to do all the words of this law. For it is not a vein that means empty thing for you. Because why? It is your life we're talking about here. Through this thing you shall prolong your days in the land. This is your life you're talking about. To follow the Lord or not to follow the Lord. To call on His name to fall broken at His feet. Just look back and we're going to be just hammering away at this one verse this morning for a little while it says here there's two phrases right off the bat in second chronicles 7:14 in that verse there's two phrases my people which are called by my name you have to be saved this morning to experience revival revival is not is not for the lost you know used to in old-fashioned meetings and and uh, for back in the 90s, there were still a few churches that did um, two services. Promised Land used to do two services. Uh, revivals and and but then sometimes there would be two weeks of revival and the first week is for the church and then you'd get on fire for God and the next week is to bring the lost and and but it, it doesn't matter the order is correct the order is revival is revivals for the saved you can't revive something that's dead you know only God can do that but if we have walked with God and gotten away from God we must come back to God and then lives will be changed, and then souls will be saved. And so revival is for the saved. Revival is for God's people. It says, if my people, which are called by my name. And so that's who it's, he's addressing it to in this prayer, by the way, Solomon prayed. And this is God answering Solomon. Hey, listen, he's getting trying to get their attention. And so you must have a relationship in order to have revival, you must have a relationship with Jesus. Is He your Savior this morning? If you were to die today, would you go to heaven or hell? We must humble ourselves. Uh, this our need for Him. And just, you know, so many times, and there's nothing wrong with uh, uh, being like proud of your kids or proud of your savior, or proud of your lord, or I'm proud of a good grade. You know that's something we get excited about at our houses—good grades—and nothing wrong with that. But pride in yourself that you put yourself ahead of others—that's where a bad kind of pride. Or pride in yourself that I don't need others, and then there's that pride that I don't need the Lord. And so that's the—that's the wrong kind of pride, and that's what God's Word talks about in First Peter. In chapter 5, uh, matter of fact, I think I, I used some of this in, in the other day. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, it says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, unto the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. And verse 8 says, just basically be on the lookout, because the devil doesn't like it. He doesn't like it when churches get revived. He wants to tear your life apart. He wants to tear your marriage apart. Because, folks, if the devil can get a hold of your marriage and tear up our families, he, he'll, he, will, he knows he'll cripple our church. Because churches are made up of families and homes. And, and that's what the devil wants to tear up. He says, well, if I can't just get to church, well, I'll go after the families. I'll go after homes. I'll go after marriages. I'll go after the kids. And I'll try to leak the future away from the church. We ought to shout glory when we see young people up here at Pastor Powell's and we hear about the number problems over in the youth department. And we know that they're up and coming. We know they're coming along. We know that we need to teach them. We need to train them. The revival can come. And when young people, you know, they got in trouble, uh, kind of so to speak, at the uh, middle school, but basically all they was doing was getting excited about telling other kids about Jesus. They might have went about it the wrong way, but praise the Lord, tell them anyway, tell them about Jesus, tell others about Jesus, No, we can't, you cannot force anybody to take a Bible track or even to listen to you. Our job is not to win people to Jesus. Our our job is just to tell people about Jesus. The Holy Spirit will take care of the rest. The Holy Spirit, that's our job. But so many of us are falling down on that job of just saying something. (laughs) Saying anything about the Lord and how much He means to you. And has He changed your life? What is the Lord doing in your life right now? If He's not doing anything in your life right now, maybe we need revival. Maybe we need revival. We must humble ourselves. And there's different ways that we could humble ourselves. Sometimes, let me ask you this. Have you ever experienced a crisis? (sighs) And uh, a crisis is this. A crisis is when you have to take care of something. There's things, think about it. Is there anything that could happen that say, I've got to leave work and I've got to go take care of this. There's something that will happen and you could be visiting with the President of the United States and you say, I'm sorry, Mr. President, I've got to go take care of this. What if? What if, is there anything, any situation you can think of, you say, if I have to lose my job, I'm going to go take care of this. I This is more important than life. You know, you say it could be an emergency with your spouse or with your kids. But you say, if it costs me my job, I'm going today. If you can think of a situation that would cause you to be in that, that's that desperate. I mean, nothing is going to put that on the back burner. You say, well, my kids dying in the hospital, but I think I'll I've got to go mow the yard today. No, it doesn't matter. That yard can get 10 million feet high. It, it doesn't matter. You know, and Aunt Susie Q can be calling on my cell phone. I'm going to chunk the cell phone out the window, and I'm going to my kid. You think, you think there are crises, but so many times think about the Lord, our relationship with the Lord. It, have you ever felt that desperate for the Lord? It says here in our text that we will not experience revival until you stop putting other stuff ahead of the Lord. You stop doing what you want to do. It says in this Scripture, humble themselves. Humble yourself. That means stop putting your... You say, well, I'll go down the altar one day. I'll pray one day. I'll talk to them one day. I'll do this one day. One day it'll be too late. And you done put off your revival and put off growing in the Lord and you done put off getting things right with God and you've never got right with God and you've never witnessed anybody and you've never got bold for Jesus. You've never shared your faith. You never stood up because you didn't humble yourself. And humbling yourself means I've got to put some of this on the back burner and put Him, number one, put Him first. There's an interesting list I ran across that it was pretty powerful. It, I, was, I broke down in my office. If we want to humble ourselves, number one, we've got to acknowledge God's greatness. And sovereign rule, right to rule your life. Did you know He has a right to rule your life? He has a right to rule your life. You've got to also agree with Christ that apart from Him, you can do nothing. You've got to agree with God about your sin. Confess your pride to others. Give up or yield your rights. Yield control to others. That means submit to one another in reverence for Christ. Serve others. Accept lowly tasks without complaint. Confess your weaknesses or needs and accept help. Confess dependence on God and enter dependence on others. In other words, we need each other. Honor others above yourself. Do things pride tells you not to do. Ask people to pray for you. Ask for help in getting rid of pride. Give away or dispose of things that cause you to feel proud. And be willing to associate people with low degree. So many of these things. Pride is our enemy back in our text, it says that we also must pray. We not only should humble ourselves, but should pray. We need to be a praying church. You know, Romans 1:16 just says this. It says, "I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of Jesus." I'm not ashamed. It's the way I got saved. I don't need to be ashamed. And folks, we must be we must not be ashamed. We must be willing to pray publicly, to pray at the altar, to pray at work, to pray at school, to pray at the restaurant, to to, to pray loud, to pray long. Folks, we must be willing to pray. There was this one time <laughs> uh, I got tickled uh matter of fact, uh in you know, just real quick, uh and and just it's amazing scripture, uh Matthew six and verse five, Jesus was warning about, you know, praying for a show and about the Pharisees in Matthew six and verse five. He said this, and when thou prayest, don't pray as the hypocrites. And uh and then verse six he says, Go into your prayer closet. In verse 7, don't use fancy, vain repetitions. And I know I'm flying, but hey, listen, y'all buckle your pew belt. I was always saying, hang on, okay? And, uh, and think, you know, this one, one time I was preaching revival, and, uh, no, excuse me. I was, I was a pastor, and I had a, I had a guest evangelist, and we had some guest preachers, and this, this man that <laughs> had come in, and this preacher had come in to hear Brother Bob Goodnight preach, and, uh, and uh, anyway, and they'd come, and I called on this preacher to dismiss in prayer, because, you know, it's a nice thing, guest preacher. And I saw Brother Bob, whenever I called on that gentleman to to, to close in prayer, Bob went, oh. oh, he started shaking his hand, but it's too late. And so, you know how preachers walk back to the back in the foyer, and we wait back there to shake hands, well, it's southern tradition. And uh, so anyway, and we went back to the back to wait on everybody. And his praying while we was. Thirty minutes later, we still waiting, cause he's still praying. <laughs> he prayed for another thirty minutes, and uh, said, "He said, don't ever ask him to dismiss in prayer. <laughs> and uh, if you gonna pray loud and pray long, have something to say, okay." <laughs> Have some, and that's what Jesus was warning about: praying for a show, <laughs> praying for uh, whatever. Jesus said it there. Don't pray as, don't pray like these guys. Don't pray for a show. They pray on the, man, they stand on the street corner praying. Because why? They just want to show off. He said, when you pray, go in your closet and get right with God, and do it right. And if we're going to pray loud and long. Let's have something to say, and let's be bold for Jesus. What if we were the humble, broken church? What kind of church would we have if we were just humble, broken, and a praying church? We'd have an awesome church, wouldn't we? And if you want to be an awesome church, and awesome church member, be humble, broken, and a praying person. Moving on, we got to seek His face. I love this Scripture. We've got to seek Him for who He is. And think about this right now, before I move on to another minute, another 30 seconds or a point. Alright? <clears throat> and that is this. To seek God's face, and it says there in our scriptures, if my people call by my name, John, will themselves and pray and seek my face, it says, seek my face. You know what that means? You seek God for who He is. And if you're seeking God for who He is, it means this. It means this. I seek Him, no matter if He does for me or if He doesn't do for me. I love them. It means love unconditioned. That's what. If you seek God's hand, you seek. God for what he can do for you right now think about this well I'll seek God what if he says I'm never going to bless the rest of your life I'm I'm I gave you this many blessings I'm out I'm not giving you anymore would you still love him would you still serve him if some you know you say well God would never say that well what if he did what if he said This is it. And the rest of your life is going to be miserable. It's going to be rough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be, it's all downhill from here. And I'm not talking about pleasant. And think about that. Could you say, I will serve God even if He never answers any more of my prayers? Then you're seeking Him for who He is. You're seeking His face because you love Him and you're not seeking Him conditionally. And it says here in Jeremiah 29. And verse twelve. Now, by the way, he's writing this, and a lot of people use verse eleven out of context. You have to remember I've got plans for you, but you know what? All you you're gonna be slaves in a foreign land for seventy years, you're gonna have a rough time, and the only people gonna enjoy the blessings that I have to give are your kids. Because kind of like the children of Israel that died in the wilderness, you sorry, Y'all done messed up one too many times. Your kids will get to enjoy it, but not you. And he says, i got great plans for you, and I'll listen to you, and you shall call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will listen, I will hear you, and you shall seek me and find me. Why? When? When you search for me with all your heart. So we must seek his face. And then the, the Scripture says we must turn... From our wicked ways. We must turn from our wicked ways. What wicked ways? Our pride, our powerlessness, our carelessness. A lot of us are guilty of first John Chapter two and verse fifteen. First John 2.15 says this, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We need to love God with everything we've got. And then, lastly, the results. This scripture again. Brother Kenneth, go back to that Second Chronicles 7:14. One more time. this and wrap it up. We this have an invitation here in about three minutes, okay? y'all doing awesome. Second Chronicles 7:14. He's got a list of prerequisites, doesn't he? If my people, are you saved, called by my name, humble. I mean, I've, you've got to stop thinking of yourself. you've got to start thinking of others you got to start putting the Lord in the right spot. Humble yourself and pray and seek my face and turn from our wicked ways. That means I need to stop loving things of this world and start loving God more. It doesn't mean that we can't enjoy life. It means I love God more than the world. More than anything else. And then what does it say? I've got some stuff for you. I got some stuff I want to do for you if you'll do all this. What does it say? It's awesome, isn't it? I will hear your prayer. And then the next part's even better. I will what? Forgive our sin. Then I will heal. Your land. I'll heal your marriage. I'll hear your. What's your land? You know, some people say, well, we'll never have revival because people are just uh, meaner today. There's more sin. There's more lust. There's more stuff. There's more horribleness and doesn't it say that less and less people will be saved and that people there will be a falling away and yeah there will be a falling away from the truth but folks I don't know about you but the last time I checked 1 John 4 4 is still in the Bible and you know what it says it doesn't say that less and less it doesn't say that we have no chance it doesn't say sin is more powerful than God it doesn't say that the devil's going to win it doesn't say that that we can't have Revival it says greater Is he that's in you Than he that's in the world That's still in my Bible And that's still in yours And so he's got An answer for you He wants us to Have revival But we have to do Our part We can do our part And he'll do his His As we get ready for a hymn of invitation, would you bow with me? Father, I thank you so very much for this time that we have together. I thank you for this movement of your Holy Spirit amongst your people. I pray that we will be humble And be broken It's inspiring to see our kids excited About handing out some New Testaments It's exciting to see good problems It's exciting to have run out of places to put people and help us to turn our eyes to you this morning. And if we're going to have revival, let revival begin with me. May we all pray that prayer. And let revival start with us. In Jesus' name, amen. As we all stand.
4: up your face, oh wanderer, come home, you're not too far, so lay down your heart, lay down your heart, come as you are, there's hope for the hopeless. All those who strain sit at the table come taste of the grace there's rest for the weary rest that endures Earth has no sorrow that heaven can cure So lay down your burdens lay down your shame Babu. sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burden.